Welcome to Sportsbeat KC, the Kansas City Stars Daily Sports Podcast. It's Thursday, June 1st, and I'm Blair Kirkhoff. We're talking Royals today. They're off for the second straight day, an odd scheduling quirk. So that gives beat writer Jalen Thompson and editor Scott Chasen a chance to evaluate the team as the new month begins. It's not all bad news. May was better than April, and we discuss the prospects for continuing this trend. One thing that we agreed needs to happen, younger players need to find some consistency. That's asking a lot, and we're just over, a little over, one-third of the way through the season, but the Royals depend on so many young position players, and they're going to want to make some long-term decisions on guys like Bobby Wood Jr. and Vinny Pasquantino soon. Also, with the All-Star Game voting upon us, we chat about the Royals' candidates. Okay, let's get started. Hey, uh... Great to have you on Sportsbeat KC. We've got Jalen Thompson, covers the Royals for the Star, and editor Scott Chase. And Scott, how you doing? I'm doing good. It's nice to be on this podcast um, with Jalen, having Jalen here, um, and obviously Blair to talk a little bit, bit of Royals. I think the last time we did this, um, it was Pete filling in for Jalen, just like everyone was filling in for Jalen, and it's been great to have him around. So I'm excited to talk a little baseball today. Yeah, Jalen, you're still getting your, um, you know, st- still getting your bearings right from uh, from joining the staff here. What was it? A, a month ago? What was what was your start date? Eight eighth. That was my start date. All right. Good deal. Um, uh, so you you uh, you've seen a lot of Royals baseball so far. You've seen some good and bad. Um, I think that's. Um, mm-hmm. that, that's what we're going to be seeing with these Royals the rest of the way. You, you avoided the the lousy start the the march <laughs> slash april the team did not have a winning record in in may but it did improve and i wanted to talk about the contrast uh between the two periods um and in the th- and things that did go well and, and what didn't go well maybe the best way to start well first of all before we get into that the fact that we're recording this on a royals off day and we could have recorded this on wednesday which was an off day um, what's going on here with the Royal schedule? Why, why do they have two in a row off? Does it does it have something to do with the Cardinals in the Cardinals series? Yeah, from what I was told, the Cardinals wanted to play on Memorial Day, so it was a it's a split series. So two in St. Louis, two in at Clarkson Stadium in Kansas City. They wanted to play on Memorial Day, and they didn't want to do the Tuesday Wednesday games. So what they did was they made it be Monday and Tuesday, and then you have the Wednesday, Thursday off. So Thursday was originally supposed to be the off day anyway, but because they wanted to play Memorial Day, they moved the Wednesday game to Monday. That makes sense. So normally they would have had Monday off, would have played Tuesday, Wednesday, had Thursday mm-hmm. off, and then started uh, yeah. with the Rockies on, on Friday this way. Mm-hmm. Cardinals, get, and they got a sellout, right? They had a big, big crowd yeah. on, on Memorial Day. So it worked 45,000 fans, I believe. Yep. And it um, and the Royals had their most impressive win of the season on that day as well. <laughs> That's right. As well. So um, okay, uh, our conversation comes at a good time. We're we're starting June. Today's June first. As we record this, we can we've got the month of May in the rearview mirror. Like I said, it was better from a winning percentage standpoint than uh, March slash April, but it was still look the Royals still playing under way under five hundred ball. In fact, they were under four hundred ball. <laughs> Ten and seventeen for the month of. Of May, um, but some decent some, some decent games. Um, sign of progress, a little bit of progress. Let's let's talk about 
Maybe a good place to start would be who we think the Royals player and pitcher of the month are or should be. The Royals will announce that in the next day or two, probably on Friday when they when they have the uh, the, the Rockies in town for the for the for the opener. Um, s- since you've seen most of the games, Jalen, who would be your Royals player and pitcher of the month for for May? For May, I would go with Salvador Perez as player of the month. He tied the franchise record for most home runs in May with nine. I think the last time that that was done was 1995. So I would go Salvi for player of the month and pitcher of the month. That's kind of a tough one because it's, it's kind of difficult to get good pitching. But I have to go with Mike Myers. Um, he has a 135 ERA, I believe. And he just almost threw a perfect game. Well, was a part of almost a, almost a perfect game. And then his last three starts, last three appearances, he's been really well, doing well. He throws strikes. I mean, he comes at you. Uh, Matt Quattrero, the world's manager, said he just is a guy that attacks the zone and is not afraid. So that would be my sec. That's my picture. Okay, Blair. Blair, isn't that a weird position to be in, where you you talk pitcher of the month, player of the month? And for pitcher, you could come up with a couple guys who have made a combined four appearances in the month. But, you know, pitching has been so interesting because with, with the way the year started, it felt like the pitching was way ahead of, of the hitting, which I know happens sometimes. And then the hitting, I don't know if it ever really caught up, but the, maybe the pitching fell off a little bit. And that's, you know, all of a sudden nothing was complimenting anything. Very quietly, it kind of felt like the Royals got some, you know, decent production from Zach Grinke or Carlos Hernandez, Taylor Clark. Like some of these guys um, have really picked it up. To me, it's been a disappointment to them that the Royals have lost 10 games in the month of May or did lose 10 games when the other team scored five or fewer runs. And 10 doesn't seem like a huge number in five. You know, you give up five runs, you might lose that game, whatever. But you look at the Rockies, who they're about to play. The Rockies lost five games like that. The Cardinals lost six games like that, and both of those teams are under 500, and they're under 500, you know, it's not close. One's 24 and 33, one's 25 and 32. And so, um, yeah, I, th- I think it's a lot easier to come up with that pitcher, whereas with the, the batter, yeah, I think Salvador Perez is probably the name there. But, you know, you can give a shout-out to, to Nick Prado or Michael Massey just because they did what, what was asked of them. They got on base at a, at a pretty consistent clip. I think both were at or above that, you know, around 400 um, on-base percentage. So um, I think those were promising signs. But, yeah, the pitching picked it up. So um, a, a lot better of a pool, I think, to pick from if you're going with that pitcher of the month. Yeah, good stuff there. Um, uh, Salvi, of course, uh, will, will end up being uh, – Player of the Month for the Royals. Uh, I'll have to look in the media guide to see how many times he's won it before. He's got to be close to uh, having the most of these monthly awards uh, for the Royals. But and, and as Jalen said, the nine home runs matches a franchise record. I think it was Gary Gaetti who last did it yeah. in 1995. I remember covering some of Gary Gaetti's games here in, in KC. Um, power hitter had had a 35 home run season for the for the Royals that year, um, and. Scott, I like that you mentioned Michael Massey. He really did come after a just dreadful uh, first month of the season, has found his stroke, and I think he hit about 320 for the month. So really nice job by, by, by Michael Massey as well. I, too, am intrigued by the pitching and some of the candidates. I, I think Grinke has a chance to, to be the player of, of the month. Um, 230 ERA for, for the month of April, which is terrific. He only got the one victory, still just one in five on the season. But 
but he seems to give you. He doesn't. He never seems to qualify for a quality start because you need to go six, and he always he's always going five. Um, but those starts starts are quality, and he keeps the Royals in the game. Just like his last outing, he was uh, Jalen. That was the, the the most recent game, right? The the one in St. Louis uh, a couple days ago. I thought he was kind of typical Zach Greinke, um, just fooling hitters. Uh, and and uh, what was it? He had. I know he had back-to-back strikeouts on different pitches that went the same speed, which I thought was yeah. Really, that's so Zach Grinky. It was a, I believe, it was a changeup, and then it was a, no, the fastball and the changeup. I believe were the same pitch, <laughs> same speed. So that was pretty crazy. And he said after the game that that was his best uh, start he's ever had against the Cardinals, and you know the battles that he's faced against them, going back to his days with the Brewers and. And, and the like. So he said that, yeah, being on that mound, and he just felt good. He felt everything was was sharp, and he just he was out there battling. It sucks that the the Royals couldn't give him some run support, but they struck out ten times against Miles Michaels over eight innings. So it's all if it's not one thing, it's just the other with these Royals. <laughs> That's sure. a good way to put it. I mean, Blair, you mentioned it. Guy has a two point three ERA for the month. Uh, he doesn't allow more than three runs at any starts. He goes five innings in every start in the month. Team goes two and four. And I think that's kind of the story of that team right now. All right. So this was a roundabout way of me getting to the idea that perhaps Salvador Perez and Zach Greinke would be the player and pitcher of the month. It may not work out that way, but it, but it could. It could, right? And so it's with that idea that I sigh a little bit because um, I, I love the fact that that Salvi is having the season that he's having, and that Grinky, at his age and his you know place in the major leagues, is you know effective. At you know it's, it's incredible that he's still effective. But I don't want them to be the top Royals pitcher and player. There's other candidates on this team that I want younger pe- players that I want to have you know to to win those awards. Um, is my is my sighing and my depression about this misplaced? No, I don't think so. I feel like the Royals need those younger players to step up. And you can see some players that have that talent in them to do so, like Bobby Wade Jr. having a breakout game the last series um, against the Tigers where he had five hits, two home runs, and a stolen base. I mean, it was it was a it was an incredible display of his well-rounded game. Vinny Pasquantino uh, continues to hit the ball well. He had a crucial double, I believe, against the Cardinals on Monday. MJ Melendez hit a triple that saw Salvador Perez run around the bases like a freight train. So they have these flashes, but these flashes have to turn into consistency. And the only way that's going to happen is they have to just have more experience and get out there and just put it all together. So, You know, Blair, I, I think what you said not only kind of strikes a, a chord, you know, or, or really puts it well, not only, I mean, for baseball, th- this is a this is an analogy that applies to every sport. Like, I'm going to throw out the Chicago Bears and Justin Fields. The Chicago Bears don't care if they're losing a bunch of games. If Justin Fields looks really good and the guys they're drafting are, are getting on the field and playing well, you go to the NBA you know, the Oklahoma City Thunder have been tanking for a little bit, but all of a sudden their young guys are starting to be their best players, and now they know, okay, we're getting close to the playoffs. And for the Royals, when you look at, you know, Vinny, Melendez, Witt, I mean, 
you want these guys, even if the team's losing, even if they're not playing that well, even if, you know, you, you bring in some free agent signings, you're, you know, you're dealing at the trade deadline, it's, it's not quite a playoff team, but you're just seeing it every day with those guys. And I, I think that's one thing, you know, maybe for Bobby Witt, since he's out of that leadoff spot now, maybe that, maybe that helps him somehow. Maybe that lets him get in a little bit of a rhythm. Um, you know, Jalen, you wrote a great piece about MJ Melendez, what he's doing to work on his swing. Maybe that helps him a little bit. Um, you know, I think Vinny's generally been solid. Maybe he continues to, to kind of pick it up and, and, you know, show off his tools a little bit more too. And, and, um, but yeah, it, it's really that core group. And, you know, it's funny, you look at the, just the number of at-bats of the team and, and it's those guys in Salvador Perez, they're your top four and they're your top four by a mile. I mean, those are the guys that the franchise is, is really relying on. And, and Perez is obviously the elder statesman of that group. He's, he's not the future of the club because he's been so much of the past. Um, Blair, I think you nailed it. Those guys really do need to pick it up, and they need to be finding ways to get those guys to be comfortable, confident, and kind of working together because before long, you know, you'll have to make some decisions on some of those guys. And so you really need to know how far they can take this team. Yeah, it's what I was going to, I was going to mention that uh, for – I would add Brady Singer to the list of the young uh, – and even Daniel Lynch, which, which, by the way, good to see him back and did a nice job, didn't he, Jalen, in his, uh, his debut game for the year? Yeah, he did a really nice job. He, um, I, I would qualify as a, a quality start, even though he didn't go the requisite innings to get that. Uh, he came in. He really just showed his, he showed his pitch his pitch mix mix. Um, he had a nice fastball, a nice slider. Um, it was really great to see him out there again. Yeah. So, so yeah, Scott, you're right. I mean, these are players that the Royals will have to make some decisions on, or you want the Royals to be in a position to make decisions on. You know, maybe maybe this off season, but um, but but yeah, uh, it, they've got they've, there's a lot of hope invested in Bobby Wood Jr. and Vinny Pasquantino, in MJ Melendez, in Brady Singer and Daniel Lynch and others in the pitching class of of 2018. Um, I, I don't know if we're just impatient observers wanting more because we we have seen flashes of really good stuff. From from all of them, and Jalen, you mentioned the Bobby Witt game the other day, maybe the best you know offensive game he's played as a you know as a Royal, um, and and so uh, the the guy has some you know in some stat category some remarkable numbers, right? His home runs and stolen bases. I I remember when Barry Bonds was breaking in, and you know he didn't hit for average, but he was. He had power and speed, and he had a early in his career with the Pirates. He had a thirty fifty season. You know, Bobby Witt's trending toward a twenty forty type season. Uh, yeah. You know, the home runs, stolen bases, which would be incredible. But he, but he still, he still cannot find consistency at the plate uh, with his, uh, you know, with his contact and still chasing pitches that he, he shouldn't be chasing. So, I, I'm, I'm still very hopeful. F- for him, and he's 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 got some. He certainly some tools seem to be ahead of others with in his development. Um, what was his uh, what, what was his demeanor like after his big game uh, last week? When I think it was four for five with the two home runs, the stolen ba- stolen base, and just an all around great offensive game. Yeah, um, he you know Bobby Witt is one of those guys where he never gets too high and he never really gets too low. So he was happy to help the team and he he I remember him saying something that was so profound. He was saying like I know 
at certain points in time, I haven't really held up, you know, my end and I like helping as I, I need to be. So he felt good to be able to come through for the squad when they needed that game. Um, and the, the funny thing I, I like to say about Bobby Witt too is he just played his 200 career game. So in the grand scheme of things, if, if you want him to be better, you want him to, you know, break out a little bit more. But if you look at it from a, a full perspective, uh, a thousand foot glance, he's doing really well. In 10 homers, 17 RBI, you said he could be 20-40. I asked him, actually, do you think you can be 30-30 this year? He said it's not outside the realm of possibility, but he just, he just wants to help the team. So, I mean, I think that he's, he's doing fine. It's just can he be more consistent moving forward? That's, that's my question for you. Blair, you know this, and Jalen, you know this, talking to him especially. Um, I'm not sure there's a guy in MLB who has a bigger disparity between the excitement you get watching him on the field and then how, how mild-mannered he is and chilled and calm and, and, like you said, doesn't get too high, doesn't get too low in the clubhouse. But um, I think there's another element of Bobby Witt's game, which, you know, uh, maybe a little overrated, but just fun. I mean, his speed on the base path, like you mentioned, when he's hitting for power, when he has a game like that where, you know, I know a lot of guys come up a triple short of the cycle. It's the hardest part to do. But he came up, a, you know, short of it because I think he had a three-run home run. So, he hit on the fence. <laughs> I think he'll take that one, you know, every single time. So, you know, I, I look at a guy like that and, yeah, I mean, it, it, for him it's it's making more consistent contact. You mentioned the, the pitches he chooses to, to go on and, and what he chooses to hit and swing at. And, um, you know, if he can just find a little bit more of that, I, I think it's a great point, Jalen, that he is still very, very, very young and, you know, a couple of slow starts to seasons does not, you know, necessarily make it a, a career-long trend. I think we'll we'll see that over years and years, how he um, kind of continues to progress. But that is one element, you know. Um, you know, th- th- there are a lot of Royals fans here, and there are a lot of Royals fans who get excited about a guy like Bobby Witt because he does um, flash and, and make really nice plays at times. I know his defensive metrics have never been a strong point, and he will never be the most defensively sound shortstop. But even then, he's... He's had a couple plays this year that were web gems and were remarkable and just fun because he's got that speed that even if he does make a mistake, sometimes he's able to make up for it with just some of those physical tools that are really fun to watch. So, um, yeah, that, that, that's good perspective, though, to consider just that he is still very young. 200 games. It's funny because at this point, I guess with the Rose playing every day, it feels like he's played 200 games this year. But um, yeah. he, he's got a few more to go. And I'll add one more thing. You said the triple was the hardest thing to get. So we asked him when he hit the three-run homework. Did you think that you were? They it went over the fence because he said I was running and I I was I was trying to get he was trying to get there. So in his mind, I, he knew that he needed the triple to get it. But then when he saw it go over the fence, he kind of slowed down a little bit. So if you watch the play, I believe Salvador Perez is running right in front of him and Wit is like right on his tail until he sees the ball go over the fence and he slows down. So I thought that was pretty funny. And then my second thing I wanted to add too was. If you go to Royals games or you watch this on television, there's a lot of kids and people that are wearing number seven. So Bobby Witt is definitely someone that's like the franchise star. Um, you're going to see seven or you're going to see Salvi's number um, out there. So, yeah, it's definitely the fans are behind the push. I think part of that demeanor comes from being the son of a major league player. We see the same thing with Patrick Mahomes, uh, his demeanor. And it just so happens those two were friends and – um, and of course, Mahomes is a, has an ownership stake in, in the Royals. So, 
Hey, we are long overdue for a break. We'll be right back. Okay, we're back on Sportsbeat KC, the Kansas City Star's daily sports podcast. And we're talking Royals with beat writer Jalen Thompson and editor Scott Chasen. Uh, there is another topic that I want to broach with you guys, and that is, I, I believe the All-Star voting has started, right? And uh, the, the All-Star game, of course, isn't until, what, mid-July, usual place. But but you got a whole month of run-up, and, um, and, and, and uh, so I'm wondering from you guys, what the... Um, is there an obvious Royals candidate? And there's a look. There's another thirty games that are going to be played before, at least before the All Star team is announced or, or final fan voting or however it's done these days. Combination of the two. Um, how about your thoughts? Early thoughts on uh, on All Star fan voting and who the Royals' best representative would be? Jalen, we'll start with you. I would have to say Salvin. Uh, Salvador Perez would probably be my choice if I'm looking at the Royals just as a whole. And depending on if they only get one or two guys, um, Salvi, he is doing what he normally does, you know, hit home runs, RBIs. But he's really just taken this young team and has been the, the buoy that they needed on in games where, you know, the offense is not hitting or it is stalled out. So, I would say it's Salvi. I believe he has 12 home runs now. And since, like, April 24th, he's been, like, collecting RBIs. So, like I said, he leads team at home, releasing the RBIs. Um, so I think that would be my choice. Dark Horse Candid, if they if they couldn't get Salvi or Salvi wasn't selected, I would look at someone, I would say, maybe a Bobby Wood Jr. because the All-Star game is always about elevating the young stars in the game. So... Having someone like that on a big stage, but he has the home runs, he has the stolen bases. The average, you can ding him for that, but the All-Star game is all about excitement. So can you imagine a Bobby Wood Jr. on first base running against a Sean Murphy from the Braves that's catching? I want to see if he can if he can make that stolen base there because Murphy throws out almost everyone that's trying to steal. So that's, that's my person. <laughs> Yeah, Lara, the the difficult person in me pulled up the stat sheet real quick just to try and find a good a counterexample. But, yeah, I mean, look, Salvi's leading them, and I think he's tied for the team lead in hits. He leads them in RBIs. He leads them in home runs. He leads them in OPS. He's I mean, he's up there in pretty much everything. But I, I think you phrased it really interesting, like a, a good representative, because that's where I think, you know, like a Vinny or a Bobby Witt, uh, you know, one of those guys having the chance to show something on that stage um, – I think not only you know would look well or look good for the Kansas City Royals, but it would it would give them a chance to kind of you know maybe get some confidence in themselves or maybe give them a memorable moment that that maybe helps them out just mentally in the, in the course of a long season where you know you're not doing a lot of winning. But yeah, I think right now I'd, I'd have to say Salvi. Um, I, I don't know, maybe maybe you could find someone from the pitching, but I think he he's done enough this season, but. Yeah, I think there's still a little bit of time, and ideally you'd hope one of those young guys makes it so where it's a conversation, and maybe it's not a conversation in, in the way that, you know, they just have an absolutely unbelievable next few weeks, and, oh, well, you got to put Vinny in the All-Star game. He just hit, you know, eight home runs last week or something like that. You, you would hope for something, some kind of interruption like that. In the All-Star game is, we sometimes are conflicted uh, between who deserves uh, All-Star uh, an all-star appearance and who fans would really want to see. 
Jalen, you made the point about Bobby Wood Jr. and his—he's a dynamic player, and I think he's a—you know—he's certainly a fan favorite, and he's someone that you want to see play. You get excited when he's on base, and um, uh, however, I'm going to go with both of you guys and agree that Salvador Perez not only is the most deserving, but I, I think he needs to do. I, I, I think everything that's possible for him to do to improve his Hall of Fame credentials needs uh-huh. needs to happen. And you know, there was uh, I don't know who had the tweet or, or the blog this past week. Some somebody who's a, a baseball person started forecasting candidates, active players, and their Hall of Fame credentials. And, and maybe a, a ten players or so were were listed, and, and Perez wasn't one of them. So I, I think that was an, I really do think that was an omission. Uh, it wasn't intentional, but but uh, a slight because there's no way you'd leave Salvi off a list of ten or a dozen of current players who could someday be Hall of Fame worthy. I think they broke it down into you know already in um, heading in that direction or no chance, and he wasn't even on the no chance. So. Um, if you start stacking, you know, all-star appearances, <clears throat> gold gloves, silver sluggers, you know, he's already got a World Series MVP and, uh, you know, he, iconic moments in, in, in baseball history. But I think he needs more. Like if his season ended with some kind of tragic injury or something, he would not be in the Hall of Fame right now. I, he needs three or four more solid seasons offensively. He needs to get to 300 career home runs. I believe, and um, uh, and as many all-star teams as he can possibly make. I don't want that to happen at the expense of a Witt or a Pasquantino. Um, look, it would be fantastic if there was place for both of them, but I think it's becoming increasingly important that Salvi is, uh, is honored, uh, is awarded the, the, the distinctions that, that he is deserving. And so... Uh, we'll see what happens. I do think if the all-star team were picked today, Salvi, and if the Royals got the one representative, it would be Salvador Perez. Yeah, and, and Blair, just to that point, I mean, the the prestige that comes with that, especially in baseball where, you know, it's it's a lot harder to, to get into that Hall of Fame and to, to be honored like that, I, I think it, it not only would be something that probably means a lot to Salvador Perez, but, but would definitely mean something to a fan base that, I mean, it, it was really magical what, I mean, not quite a decade ago at this point, but um, those World Series runs and when those teams were good, um, I mean, there are a lot of guys who probably never have to, to pay for a drink in Kansas City again, and one of them's coming back in the next series, and Mike Moustakis, that, you know, hey, you bump into him or a Hosmer, or, you know, even a guy like Alcides Escobar or whoever, it's like those guys have such a, a place in the hearts of Royals fans. So um, that's, a, that's a really good point because that's not something that was on my mind, but um, anytime you get a chance to stack those achievements, especially in baseball, it goes a long way. Yeah, I feel like for Salvi, um, he deserves that opportunity, Blair. I, I totally agree with you on that. And I, I, I saw that list as well. They had Zach Grinky on there as, you know, bona fide, going to be a Hall of Famer. Right. But I feel like you have to have his battery made in there as well. I mean, Salvador Perez means everything to this organization. As you can ask any pitcher that comes up, starts the game, is an opener, is a, a bulk guy that that comes after the opener or whatever, they all say that Salvi is instrumental in developing and helping them be successful in their starts or in their appearance. You can talk about Freddie Fermin, 
who is the back who's backing up Salvi and Jay Melendez. They all say the same thing. Salvi is just that guy that if you look at the ethos of the Kansas City Royals, Salvador Perez is is that ethos. He he's just he's the reason why he's the captain. So I feel like he's he needs those appearances to get in that All Star game. You also mentioned the, the three hundred home runs. I would venture to say if he can get to seven hundred seventeen hundred hits as well, I think that'd be great a great number for him as far as catches are concerned. You know, I know this will be a continuing topic for for us in Kansas City. Just make making sure that Salvador Perez gets his, you know, his due uh, from a career standpoint. Okay, terrific conversation, Jalen Thompson, Scott Chasen. Thank you so much, and we will do it again soon. That'll do it for today. Thanks to Randy Mason for putting together the show, and to our Sportsbeat Casey staff of Monty Davis, Jeff Rosen, and Scott Chasen, who gets double credit today. Tip of the cap to Scott and to Jalen Thompson for sharing their insights. The Star produces the best digital sports page in America. It's called Morning Sports Edition, and it can be found at liveedition.kansascity.com. Check it out. Thanks for listening, and we'll be back soon with another Sports Beat KC, where we talk sports in Kansas City every day.